if you haven't gotten to the place yet and you're mothering, for those of you mamas out there who have kids, you will one day, you'll get to the point where you finally get to leave them at home alone. Okay? And it's like, God in heaven, no babysitter. You just get to walk out the door. But with that comes a little bit of anxiety and a little bit more depending on the type of child that you are leaving at home. <laughs> I see my sister-in-law in the back nodding because our, our um, middle sons who are 12 and 13, it's like um, they need to be left home alone in a fully bubble-wrapped room. That's the only option. <laughs> but yeah, uh, think about the instructions that you give your kids. So it's finally the big day. You're going to leave them home alone. Most normal parents might say things like, you know, don't answer the door, uh, stay inside, you know, don't ride your dirt bike. But for me, for Aunt Heather back here, we have to say things like, don't play with the lighter. <laughs> don't start any fires out in the woods. Uh, there's absolutely no science experimenting. We are not going to turn the oven on as high as it will possibly go to see if we can melt a penny. And believe it or not, these are all instructions I've given within the last, like, two months. It never ends. So it is a little bit frightening when I have to leave my kids home alone. But did you know that in the book of John, Jesus actually did kind of a motherly thing, and he found himself giving last-minute instructions to his disciples before he was going to leave. He knew that he was going to be crucified, that he was going to... Um, eventually be resurrected and then taken up back up into heaven. And he was trying to explain to his disciples that he was going to be taken. And they didn't really understand what he was talking about. They didn't get it. But he was giving them all these last minute instructions. So if you get, get a chance, actually make time this week to go through uh, John 14, 15, 16. It's all of Jesus's last minute instructions that really apply to us in the church age as well today. And uh, because he's telling them, this is how you're going to live when I'm gone, basically. And so he says things like, remain in me. He goes through the whole uh, picture of the vineyard and abiding in him and all of that in John 15. And then he goes into, because you remain in me, you're going to love others the way I did. Oh, and by the way, with loving others is going to come people not necessarily loving you back and even more so, since you love me and you claim to follow me, they're going to think you're crazy. So if they hate you, just remember they hated me first. And then he goes on to say, but hey, you're not going to do any of this alone because I'm going to send this amazing helper, this advocate who's going to be right beside you, literally in you, the Holy Spirit, right? So he says all of this and they don't really understand their a little bit confused, but he ends in John 16, with these words. He says, I have told you all of these things the last several chapters so that in me, are y'all awake this morning? Say in me. That's right. I have told you all these things so that in me, you may have peace. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. You will. 
but take heart, I have overcome the world. Amen. Amen. Man, we don't even need to talk about anything else. I mean, what a verse. I want to back up for just one second. So in me, you will have peace. I just want to remind you all this morning that it does not say in Netflix you will have peace. It does not say in a full bank account you will have peace or in lack of debt or in perfectly behaved kids or respectful teenagers or fishing. How about the lake house? In the lake house you will have peace, maybe, until it gets termites and gets eaten up. Then my peace is gone. My point is, it's not in Xanax. Okay? Hey, keeping it real. In me, in me, you will have peace. That was one of the last things he said to his disciples because he knew being a human is hard. Hello? If you haven't learned that yet, you haven't been alive very long. Life is hard. Sometimes it's downright crappy. But in him, in him, we can have every bit of wholeness. That's what that word peace means, wholeness, that we need. I think sometimes we think of the word peace as just a state of mind, but really it's so much more than that. When you look at that Greek word, it means all of the pieces, mind, body, uh, spiritual, emotional, everything aligning together so that you're just whole. So that's the peace he wants us to have. And it can only come through a deep abiding, that waiting, being with him, putting down the Instagram and Facebook, picking up the word, just sitting, listening. I cannot tell you enough. It's found in him. So I want to encourage you with that this morning. In him, you will find peace. Take courage. He has overcome. He is victorious in every situation. Now, it's one thing to hear me talk about that or to hear Pastor Scott talk about that. But as the Holy Spirit was kind of downloading what I was going to speak about today, he just brought to mind some amazing, strong women who are right here in our very church, and their moms, they're just like all of us, but they have gone through some of the most amazing moments in their walks and have come out victorious and have overcome, even despite the most difficult of circumstances. And guys, what I want you to know today is that this peace that the Father promises this overcoming is accessible to you, where you are at today. It is 100% accessible to you. So I'm hoping that as I invite these ladies up and you hear some of their stories, that you are going to really understand and realize that it's accessible to anybody because it's the gospel. It's hope in action. Okay? So ladies, come on up. And will you bring my Bible there? Rock on. Got to get my interview questions. Hey, help me welcome these two. This is Amy Troyer and Samantha White. All right, thank you. 
Awesome. All right, so these two, whew, they're going to bless you this morning. They have awesome stories. But both of them have been through just some unique moments with the Lord where they've had to practice being in him in order to get through circumstances. So I'm going to give them each a chance just to kind of share their unique situation, first of all, and then we're going to kind of go from there. So go for it, girls. Hi, everyone. I'm Samantha. So I guess uh, what's unique about my story is the way I became a mother. So um, I always knew I had a heart for adoption ever since middle school. I just wasn't sure how that would play itself out. I certainly didn't think it would happen before I even got married. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, let me just think. So... Um, I was walking through a season where God was really helping me to understand how important it was to surrender to his will for my life, which was not an easy thing for me. I had survived my childhood. I had survived a lot of tragedy um, growing up by planning my way through it. So I actually left my notes on my seat as well. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but that, you know, that was sort of my way of getting through it was plan it make sure I knew where my next step was before I took it kind of thing. So imagine, um, you know, I had planned my life, how it was going to go, found the guy I was going to marry. I knew exactly when I wanted to have my kids and what age and everything was going right. And God's was like, mm, mm, that plan's cute, but <laughs> there's something else I want for you. And I heard him saying, oh my gosh, I was dragging my feet. No, but I have this plan and it's going to go like this and like this and like this and like this. And I just heard him say, no, I want you to surrender that to me. Um, So I did. And I said some things that I wouldn't even say to my mother when I did it, but I surrendered it. And um, yeah, so fast forward to I'm walking in God's plan and I know exactly what um, he's asking. I'm being obedient to that. And I thought life would look wonderful. So um, I said yes to fostering, um, even though I was in my mid to late 20s and single and um, didn't always have two pennies to rub together. But I said, you know, hey, I hear you calling me to foster and I can give these kids love if I can give them nothing else. Um, (laughs) But the plan was that I would watch these kids until their parents get back on their feet, um, which would happen by the end of the year, they told me, um, but that didn't happen. Their mother ended up walking out around Mother's Day. This is a really long story, I'm sorry. (laughs) Their their mother ended up walking out around Mother's Day that year, and their father passed away unexpectedly a few months later. And so I was faced with the choice of you know, do I turn these kids back over to foster system in hopes that they can find a family that, you know, looks ideal um, on paper and and looks ideal as far as what scripture has even told me? um, Or do I accept that this is what God's plan was for me? And um, so I made the decision to adopt them. And I don't know if there's a picture. Um, They're super cute, right? Um, So I made the decision to, do you want me to keep going? 
So I made the decision to adopt them. Um, and at first, I tried to plan my way through it. <laughs> you know, financially, how does this work out? My budget never worked out on paper. Guys, I'm just going to tell you that. The budget never works out on paper. Um, and I just really felt God saying strongly, you know, if it wasn't enough that they already had your last name, if that wasn't enough of a sign for you, I want you to think back. I want you to think back to how old your your son is. And he's he was three at the time. I said, well, how old are you right now? And I was 28 at the time. He said, so how old would that be when you would have had him if he was biologically yours? And I said, 25. And he said, well, I remember when you were playing in your life and everything that you wanted, that you said you wanted to have your first child when you were 25. And I'm here to tell you, you had him when you were 25, but you hadn't met him yet. So I was like laid out on the floor, (laughs) laid out on the floor, just in awe um, of God's faithfulness, even in the midst of not being able to see where the next step was and how he was moving me forward every bit of the way. But he reminded me in that moment that he was faithful to me then and he Mm. will be going forward. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. couple of words that she said there that I know we're going to come back to, and that's surrender and remembering of God's faithfulness. Okay, so good, Samantha. Thank you so much. Uh, Amy has a totally different story, but I think you're going to pick up on some common themes here. So, Amy, what you got? We could be here a long time, so I'm going (laughs) to give a very brief, lots of details will be missed, but um, I can't speak of this story without saying that there wasn't a time that I don't remember Jesus. Um, as a, even as a toddler, when I would close my eyes at night to go to sleep, I would see his face. So the Lord was very real early on, and I'm so thankful. Growing up, lots of ups and downs, leaning in, learning how to, learning how to recognize Jesus and trust him. And I didn't I just thought, you know, we all have our times of suffering and goodness and and whatnot. And then, um, skipping, you know, I've got many stories leading to this one, but this beautiful season of my life was I had a husband, um, Michael Schroyer, who loved the Lord and wanted to serve the Lord. The reason why we got married was because we both knew that we could serve the Lord better together than we could apart. And so our entire relationship and everything we did, all of the conversations were based on ministry and forward movement and changing, seeing Jesus change lives and change the world. And he was just an incredible person. I think, um, well, let me get back. Don't let me forget to get back to you asking me. It would have been cool to meet him, but I might forget to come back to it. So Um, (laughs) anyway, they probably have a picture of our family. We have two kids. And when um, my son was 12 and my daughter was 8, which was December 2nd, 2015, Mike was taken from this earth and is with Jesus. And that whole story um, has just a lot of questioning to it. It wasn't, it wasn't just, 
It didn't seem fair. It didn't, we were right within two weeks, we were going to be signing papers on a 47 acre property to do the dream, all of the wholeness ministry for families and everything was, was at a really beautiful place. And it was just about to take off and, um, and he was gone. And so we, the kids and I were on this 47 acre property trying to figure out, okay, what do we do now? And, um, just step by step, the Lord led us. We had to let go of that property. I found a house here in High Point. Everything flipped on a dime. and But that surety that Jesus was with us was instilled so deeply in my children from not just me, but from their dad, that even on the night of the day that he passed away, they were so sure that like what Lori just sang in the, the spirit, mm-hmm. that became our anthem. If God is for us, nothing can stand against us. This will not come against us. We will rise. And we began just trusting in and leaning in on the promises of God, and my kids were doing it too. So we huddled together, and we saw so many amazing things that, you know, Jesus, I think, sometimes we think that him keeping our promises is going to look the way that we think that those promises are going to look. And in my mind, we were going to be spending the rest of our lives Serving God together in ministry and helping change lives. What is wrong with that? Why, can't a, why wouldn't a person with huge passion be here to do that? But God chose another way. And one day I was in the shower, and it was early on, and I just was like, Lord, I, I can't believe he's gone. And we had this thing written on, uh, in chalk ink on the mirror. And as I read that, the Lord said to me, you know, Mike's life verse was, I must decrease that he might increase. And I started to hear, I might increase, or I, might, I must decrease that he, Jesus, would increase in Amy. Mm -hmm. I must decrease that he, the Holy Spirit, would increase in my son. Mm -hmm. I must decrease that he, the Holy Spirit, would increase in my daughter, in my ministry, in my friends. And so I started to look for those moments, and I prayed all the time, okay, Lord, if you are for us and nothing can stand against us, then I'm not looking for closure. I'm looking for purpose. Mm. Please bring purpose. Make purpose rise. Make purpose rise. Make this count. Make this count. And we've just seen the Lord do amazing things in us and, and in others. And we, we know that he is secure on, on the other side. And I think eternity is much closer than we realize And that those who love us, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, if we could see them and they, if we could see Moses and David and Mike and your grandmother and your grandfather and all of these people who love Jesus, if we could see, they would say, if you see what we see, you'd do that. You would not be afraid. If, if you could see where we are right now, you would not let that stop you. Go, go, go go. And so we continue to huddle together and pray over each other's lives and seek purpose. And it's really, it's been amazing. God is good. Even when we don't think that our circumstances are good, our circumstances do not define God. Amen. And I'm so thankful that I knew this walk with Jesus before hitting circumstances so that I didn't say, oh, you're bad because this is bad. I didn't struggle with that because God is who he says he is. And if we know who he is, then he is that regardless of our circumstances. And he must see us through our times of suffering in order to accomplish his greater glories. We don't see glory unless we were somewhere that wasn't glorious to see the glory, right? 
And so there's this ebb and flow, and our, our role in humanity is to get closer and closer to him because God is mm-hmm. with us, and he is powerful in all things and in all circumstances, and we become more like him. And as we become more like Jesus, then those around us who desperately need to know that he exists know the love of God. And they look and they say, how can you have a peace that's like a wholeness? You're whole. You're not falling apart. How is that? It's Jesus. And we get to be a walking um, extension of the love of God. And um, so there you go. I'm going to stop now because I know you've got a lot of questions. That's just the gospel in action. Ladies and gentlemen. Whatever you're facing, do you see that? There, there is hope. But it, do you know where it comes from? Just like Amy said, from Jesus. And not just knowing about him, but being in him, in me. Okay, so Samantha, another question. So since you've done this amazingly good deed and adopted these two beautiful, adorable children, it's been all roses and lollipops, correct? <laughs> Because you honored God, and are we always taught that when we honor God and obey, I mean, you had these beautiful surrender moments that, like, we are going to be richly blessed with honor and favor, and everything will look marvelous, right? Tell us where you're at. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of, yes, is it full of favor? Is it full of God's demonstration of his love and provision for us? Yes. Um, but is it all unicorns and butterflies and rainbows? Certainly, certainly not. Um, where we are right now, I've got one about to start kindergarten. He's just, you know, the most coolest kid. I can, I'm just honored to, to be his mom. But um, there are some real struggles. So my daughter has special needs, and she's been kicked out of, I think, seven different childcare environments now where she is just, you know, a a three-year-old, but maybe on steroids. So she's just a little extra with everything that she does, which makes her a handful um, when, you know, teachers have to attend to 20, 30 different children in their classroom environment. So we're still on the journey of trying to figure out, you know, what the future holds for her, what's the best environment for her, and, and I don't have those answers. I'm still praying through it, but I know... I wouldn't want to take these steps. I wouldn't want to go through this without Jesus. Mm. So what does it look like when you're uh, talking to God about that? Lots of prayer. Um, I pray over my kids. I play with my kids. And one thing um, that Aaliyah and I do before bed, um, we say the same prayer every night. And part of it is, you know, God, thank you for a good day. Because any day we spend with family is a good day. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a little reminder of the circumstances will be what, whatever they are. I can't control what happens to us during the day. Um, but I know we're better off because God's in it. Oh, it's so, good. so it's just taking it day by day and trusting him to get me through the day. Mm-hmm. Trusting that he will provide what we need for today even if I don't know what tomorrow looks like. Amazing. Are you picking up on that theme here? Trusting his faithfulness, even when we don't know what tomorrow looks like. And that only comes, I'm going to say it again, by being in him, by knowing him, only comes through that. 
So Amy, where are y'all at now? You're single parenting too? Yes. And there are days when that is so frustrating. I have to say, you know, I have a 15 year old son now. He's 15 and my daughter's about to turn 11 this month. And, you know, we're entering those years where there's not the other voice. So I'm so thankful for Hope City and all the the men on staff here that are pouring into J. Michael and just, you know, others. I got to lean in on We become the body of Christ, which is awesome. Um, I, I remember a very distinct day when I, removed, I wore Mike's wedding band here and my wedding band here. And one day I was in the bathtub and um, I was crying and I just felt like I needed to take those wedding rings off. And the Lord said to me, who was loving you through Mike? And I went, oh, because I tell people all the time, he loved me for 100 years and 20. Because if you knew Mike Troyer, he, he was really, really good at the people thing. And he was an incredible husband. So I was very, like, I can live off that for the rest of my life. It was just so extravagant. But it wasn't Mike. It was Jesus mm. through him. It was the love of God through that relationship in my life. And so the Lord said, well, if, if it was always me, then I will sustain you. I'm your provider. I am all that you need. And so sometimes when it gets a little rough, the kids and I, we just talk about everything. So sometimes like this week, it was about mowing the lawn. And I said, I just need you to see that the grass needs to be cut before I have to tell you that the grass needs to be cut. We talk about it, and we just have conversations. They're like, oh, yeah, okay. You know, that not right away. Maybe we do, we have our moments, like all families, but we're very close. We're very close, thankfully. And they love the Lord, and I'm so thankful mm-hmm. for that. Um, the, the evening of the day that Mike passed away, my daughter said, well, now it's even. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, well, the two babies that are in heaven have daddy, and we have you. It's even. So sometimes I just feel like, well, we're kind of tag team parenting from the beyond. I don't know. I don't know. But I do, I do know that God is filling our home every day because, and here's what I, I would like for all of you to think of your thing. Like you may not have lost a spouse or you may not have adopted a, a child, but you have your thing. You have your reason. And scripture says, for this reason, I kneel. So if we said, for this reason, blank. I kneel. What would, what would be in that blank for you today? And we just take it daily. Okay. For this reason right now, Jesus, I kneel because our most powerful point is surrender and humility. And in surrender and humility, it ushers in the presence of God and the presence of God can take care of my kids way better than I can. But yesterday I was, I mean, last night leading into this morning, I did not sleep well last night. I was having panicky, stupid thoughts that were just the enemy taunting me of what a bad parent I am right now and how I'm not preparing them in this area and that area. And I had to stop it off. I had to shut it down and say, but if God is for me, who can stand against me? And he is instilling his spirit in my children. And my children are becoming lovers of God. How could that be a fail? That is not a fail, right? So... Just a constant reminder of um, every day, what is the main thing? And keeping the main purposes of God in the forefront makes everything else kind of just fall into place. 
And, you know, I'm about to have a driver. He's just taking driver's ed. I'm going to have to figure out how to buy him a car. You know, like these things are, are tough. Um, I don't know plumbing. You know, I don't know what to do when my bathtub's not draining right. And the thingy that I bought at the Home Depot didn't work, you know. <laughs> but, you know, that's why we have people. So we just lean in on others. And, mm. and it's really important to do that. And it's important to be loving on the other side for people to be reaching out to those who need to know how to, you know, take care of those kind of things. And it's awesome. So anyway, I just could keep going and going. So good. Anything else to add, Samantha? Yeah. I just like to echo, um, there is a peace that comes in surrendering and knowing that I cannot do this on my own. Like I was not designed to do this on my own and I'm, I'm not and trusting that he's providing day to day because that's all we can take it sometimes moment by moment. <laughs> um, but trusting that he's going to provide day by day and understanding and l- l- being okay that I can't do it by myself, I think was half the battle for me. Just bringing that to light and sharing it with others and um, helping them to carry it with me, I think meant everything and everything. Because, yeah. So, so good. Well, going to have to wrap up here. However, ladies, thank you. Thank you so much for being bold and willing just to share where you're at and your stories. Seriously. Look who's getting the glory here. Satan can do all he wants to harm, but guess what? God is getting glory through this, and that, that is the gospel in action. We are overcomers, but not on our own, not in any way on our own strength, as they both clearly stated. We are overcomers through knowing the overcomer. So, y'all, think about whatever situation you need to overcome in your life today. You can leave here this morning in victory, whatever the situation Okay, that is a promise from scripture. I'm not saying that's a possibility. I'm saying that is a promise. But what is the posture that leads you into that overcoming? You better get down. And you're saying, not my will, but your will be done. The scariest words we can probably ever speak. Pretty sure it wasn't Amy's will to lose her husband at an early age through a crazy circumstance. Pretty sure it wasn't Samantha's will to single parent foster kids and then have one of them end up with special needs. But they are both in this posture, down on their knees, hands up. And that is infusing them with the overcoming strength of the father. Father.